really resonated with me because I didn't consider myself an alcoholic. I wasn't sure, but I didn't know what to do with all this. And when she started talking about a spectrum and it's, you don't have to be a full blown addicted alcoholic and you don't have to be teetotaler. You might be somewhere in the middle. And I was definitely in the middle, definitely drinking more than I wanted, felt like it wasn't serving me, but I didn't think that I needed to go to AA. I was scared to look at it. I didn't want to have to identify myself as someone with a drinking problem, yet it was becoming a challenge. And the discomfort that I felt having to let this habit go was a wake up call to me. Welcome to the podcast. This is Mary. This episode is with a coaching colleague of mine, Jill Guthrie, and she shares her journey as an everyday guru as she's traveled her path and is shining her light out into the world. And part of our discussion um, comes up around gray area drinking. And the way this came to be was that after I did an interview with Michael Thompson and his work in addiction, one of the community members to the podcast reached out and said, you know, I really wish I knew what happened physiologically in my body after I have that glass or two of wine at night. And I was talking to Jill about this and Jill actually happened to have looked into this quite extensively in her personal journey. And so I asked her to come on the podcast and talk about that because I think it's a journey a lot of us travel and I have people in my life that have been like, oh, I don't know. I mean, maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I'm drinking a little too much. You know, I think it creeps up quietly. So it's nice to explore that with Jill. And I think you'll enjoy um, just having this sisterhood around this journey and to be curious about that. And Jill also shares the organization that she ended up working with and still works with um, is SoberSys. And she also introduced me to Jen Couch, who is the founder of SoberSys. And she'll be on the podcast later this week. So first I have this bonus episode with Jill today. And then look for the follow-up with Jen Couch on Thursday. For any of you that are a little bit curious around um, what we call gray area drinking, I think you'll enjoy both of these podcasts. Plus, these are just fabulous women that have really interesting and relatable stories really fun to talk to, and I know enrich my life just by being present. So thanks for being here. Get comfortable or go for a walk, get your earbuds in, whatever you need to do for yourself today, just to hold a little space for this really interesting conversation. So let's get to the show. Hey, welcome to this episode of Zen Mama in the Attic. This is Mary. Pretty excited about my guest today. Um, Jill Guthrie. Hi, Jill. Hi, Mary. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, you'll hear. Um, I'm from the north. So I love talking to Jill because she's from the south. And she's got that nice southern accent that I don't get to hear very often. Uh, you're from Savannah, right? Correct. Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, Savannah, Georgia. What's Georgia. Like? Girl. 
What's it like there today? Oh my gosh, we are having just beautiful weather, sunny skies, blue skies, just nice, a little warm, but uh, I love the warmth. Yeah, so, well, perfect. I'm a little jealous because it's rainy and I don't know, 40 here in Vermont. Oh, <laughs> so no. You enjoy that sunshine for me. We, we had a nice early start to the spring in April, but it's like dipped back to this kind of rainy weather. So Mother Nature is like, I guess, just nourishing the earth for us so we can grow some good stuff maybe this summer. And that's important too. We it have to important. appreciate it all. I know. I think because of the pandemic, I notice, um, you know, in this, I don't know, I heard Michelle Obama um, refer to this low level of depression kind of that, you know, she feels like we're dealing with throughout the country. And you know, I do, I feel that sort of exhaustion at the end of the day, but when the sun's out, it's like a totally different day. It's so interesting. Like our tipping points maybe are that much closer right now to be affected that much deeper. It's, it's interesting. 100%. Yeah. During this last year, I really tried to make an effort to be outside as much as I possibly could, especially on the pretty days. It just felt like just even going out and taking a few deep breaths yeah. could change the trajectory of my day. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Well, which is, you know, on that vein, let's just talk. Jill and I met because we're both uh, health coaches that went through the Institute for Healthcare or through um, Integrative Nutrition. Jeez. IIN and um, and we didn't really connect when we were doing that, but we both signed up for this book writing course after, and that's how we connected. We became accountability coaches for each other, and um, what a gift you reached out to me, and it's been just such a great connection. So thank you for starting this relationship that we have together, and thank you for agreeing because. The connection that we've had, this relationship week to week has just been such a blessing to me and something that I look forward to. And working on our books side by side has been lots of fun. It has. I mean, we've, we're both um, really early on the path, really. I think we both jumped in thinking we were ready to write and we ended up just saying, what is it we're writing about? And it was just so nice to go through that journey um, with you and you know, it is a journey, but it's all good, right? It's about the journey. We'll get the books eventually, but exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. yeah. And now we have a mastermind um, health coaching class that we've formed and I'm just, um, just great. And we're just continuing to learn and grow together. And I, I just love that collaboration and just supporting each other on the journey. Absolutely. Yeah which has brought us to why we're here today. As I've talked to Jill and she's known about my podcast and been such a supporter of it. Thank you, Jill. You definitely gave me a perspective at times when I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing. And you're like, people are listening. I have people that really it's helping. And um, so thank you for that unconditional support. Um, Absolutely. You really are touching lives. You certainly touched mine. And as I've said, I know of many friends that have listened and your guest, you all speak to them in different ways. And it's just, it's been wonderful. Oh, thanks, Jill. And um, so as we've done that work and had the talk and I was, I was sort of referring to her about 
one guest asking that she'd like to do a deeper dive around um, alcohol, that glass of wine that we have in the evening and how it affects our life. And, and Jill has a perspective that she's um, going to share with us as we go through the podcast today. Before, before we jump right into that, um, though, I just tell everyone a little bit about you and, and as a mother, as a runner, as a health coach, tell them your story a little bit so we know who Jill is. Sure. Well, I'll start from the beginning. I actually was born in New York and lived there until I was seven. And you would never know this by my accent. <laughs> but we moved to the South, as I said, when I was seven years old. And I just grew up in a loving home, mom and dad, two sisters, just outside the Atlanta area in the suburbs. And had a wonderful life went on to college at the University of Georgia, stayed right in Georgia for college, uh, studied English, so earned a degree in English, and then uh, shortly after went and earned my teaching certification in English 7 through 12. So I've worked most of my adult life in some form of education. Mm -hmm. nice. uh, initially as a middle grades teacher, and after uh, Bill and I had our first child, we decided that I would go into part-time work. So I've always worked in some capacity, mm -hmm. tutoring, I've taught writing courses, I taught junior grade books, I worked with homeschool students as not my, my, not my kids, but other students as nice. their English teacher. So it was really fun. Took a little break, worked with a cardiologist who was a friend of mine, did that for about six years came back to tutoring at the school down the street and continue to do that now to some degree, but I also am a health coach now. I went to IIN like yeah. you did. I also did a really neat course, a Detox Your Life, right? Mm -hmm. That's also a course through IIN in addition oh, to the writing. Okay. So I've done a lot of continued education through yeah. the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. So you English, I didn't, yeah, English has been your sort of backbone. And I love the idea of your, I, I worked part-time when my kids were little and it was such a nice balance to be able to do that. And in your community too, that's awesome. You have two boys, right? Exactly. And I'm so thankful for that time that I had with them, especially I have one living in Wyoming now, one in Athens, Georgia, but he spends his summers in Wyoming. He's Thanks. actually en route as we speak. He's going to be there for a summer doing a law internship. Nice. So he'll be side by side with his brother. I have a wonderful husband, Bill, and Bill and I love to travel out west. That's one of our passions. I grew up skiing in Utah, and so we'd like to go to Wyoming and ski with our son that lives there and who is a ski instructor. Nice. And uh, as you said, I love running and hiking. I love taking walks with my fabulous Australian shepherd, Ooh. Jackie. Jackie <laughs> named after Jackson Hole, where oh, my son nice. lives. So we love Jackie. Yeah. yeah. And awesome. um as you said, I like writing. I actually love writing, journaling. So those are my passions. I've also recently discovered how much I enjoy cooking. I didn't really think I enjoyed that that much until I became plant-based. And I'm having so much fun uh, cooking with vegetables and uh, 
just different plant-based whole foods and using a lot of color and it's just been really fun. Yeah. I mean, I love that plant power. I'm all about it. Power. (laughs) And as a runner, I would love for you to share this like journey into becoming a health coach and how, you know, health and nutrition became such an important part of your life and your personal health. And um, yeah. So tell us about that. I will tell you about that because it's really an interesting story if I look back on it now. Yeah. At age 28, right after my first son was born, I was still teaching English and he was born in March and I didn't have the best pregnancy from health terms. I thought just because I was pregnant, I could eat whatever I wanted, do whatever I wanted. I didn't exercise, didn't take great care of myself during the pregnancy. Uh, The delivery was not the best, although I was so thankful to have this beautiful son of mine and that all went well. He was safe and we uh, had a nice time at home together. I took, I had to take eight weeks off instead of six weeks before I went back to work because I did have a few health challenges after the delivery, went back to school shortly. So it's spring. I don't know how this is in Vermont, but in Georgia, every May, traditionally our schools have field day and they had this competition for the teachers. They wanted us to jump in a sack race. I was trying to get out of this because I'm not exercised. I had not been taking great care of myself, but all of my students were Mrs. Guthrie, Mrs. Guthrie, you have to do it. So I had a little bit of a competitive nature and I thought, well, I'm just going to get in there and do the best I can. We started jumping and I took, it must've been just three big jumps and I felt this rip up my spine and it just knocked the wind out of me. Wow. And of course, I could hear my students yelling, Mrs. Guthrie, why aren't you moving? And I, I, I honestly couldn't even talk. So it was so, looking back, it's kind of embarrassing. It's kind of funny. But at the moment, I was just shocked. What has yeah. just happened to me? Hmm. So we thought it was pulled muscles. I went to the doctor. They prescribed uh, some muscle relaxers that I didn't really want to take. I was still nursing my first son. I was trying to go back and teach. So I didn't want to be taking muscle relaxers because I didn't feel quite myself. Mm. And I just plowed through it. Summer came along. I healed. It generally takes, you know, time for an injury to heal. But shortly after that, I developed a really bad cough. And I started having a lot of pain, what felt like my lower lung, went to the doctor for an x ray, and it turned out that I broke my rib coughing. Oh, my goodness. So was that so you broke your rib coughing? And your back injury was just pulled muscles or my back injury was not pulled muscles, but I thought it was and I had not had an x ray for that there was no reason to have an x ray. And so my husband and I were just talking about this last night, actually, and what happened was then when they did the x ray and saw 
they were x-raying my lungs for the cough and saw the broken rib, he also said, when did you break your back? And I said, what? Yeah. And you have three compression fractures in your spine. So all of this came together that that had just happened a few months prior. Mm -hmm. And it takes about six weeks for a compression fracture to heal on its own. So I was feeling a little better. Right. And he... Well, so Jill, how old were you? 28. This was between my first and second son. So I had my first son when I was 27, had gone back to teaching. This happened. And this doctor says to me, well, you either have osteoporosis or you may have bone cancer. And no one at age 28 has bone cancer. So I think you may need to see an oncologist. Thankfully, my mother-in-law was an oncology nurse, and I went to her doctor. They did a thorough exam. She said, actually, I think you do have osteoporosis, and she sent me to a endocrinologist. And at so that, he, at, thought, he actually, I think he said it backwards, but he actually said, you can't possibly have osteoporosis. You must have some sort of bone cancer. Correct. So, did right. I say it the other way? Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, Okay. And so then you went to an osteo doctor for? Yes, to an endocrinologist at Emory University. And he said, as a matter of fact, you do have osteoporosis. You know, I did not have a history of it in my family. So we're looking at this at age 28 and wondering, why did this happen? Well, I started thinking back to my life and... I had basically, even though, as I told you, I grew up in a loving home, I had been living my life out of balance. I was a yo-yo dieter. I always wanted to be thin. I thought being thin meant being healthy or being healthy meant being thin. Right. Because you are in the United States. We all, (laughs) plus we're talking, didn't, this is around the, is this the nineties or the eighties? The 90s, yes. Yeah, the 90s. Like, I mean, same, you know, I grew up in that era and thin, I mean, anorexia was kind of, and bulimia were a little yes. fascinating as teenagers, you know, because that exactly. thin, thin woman was what we saw in the magazines, on the media. It was really unhealthy for us to aspire to that. I, I went through phases of, really, it was starvation. I would only eat once a day and it was very minimal that I would eat. I actually had a sister that had, anorexia during that time the first case in the state of Vermont wow was diagnosed actually and I remember she was a lot she was in high school and I was like in middle early um to late maybe middle school but I remember um not a lot about it because I was that much younger than her but being fascinated and also um yeah it wasn't not in a healthy way exactly yeah, we same here. I just I thought I want to be skinny. I'd have an event coming up. I tried Scarsdale diet, Atkins diet, mm-hmm. any kind of diet, Weight Watchers, whatever was available yeah. to prepare for whatever event I was going to have. I'd lose weight, feel good for the function and then turn around and go back to my old habits. But I also you know, went through periods where I would starve and then I'd binge eat after starving. And it was just Mm -hmm. this vicious cycle. I also 
partied really hard when I went to college, mm-hmm. uh, drank, smoked, talked about, uh, I drank tab nonstop. So I drink tab, smoke cigarettes, maybe eat one meal a day. I just wasn't living well. Yeah. Well, we didn't As really a- have a, we didn't have really great models for that at the time. And I also feel like what was really coming in was the convenience foods during that time. Um, yeah. You know, so it was, I, I don't, you know, tab for any of you, I don't even know if they make tab anymore, but it's a diet. It was the diet soda at the time that we all drank, but yeah, I mean, I don't know that that story is that, that unusual, what you're sharing for that time period, but I think I fell right in with what most women at that age were doing. Yeah. However, it did affect, I believe, my bones. And I just happened and was fortunate, I look back now, to have had that diagnosis. They wanted to prescribe Fosamax to me. And as I said, I just had my one son then. I wanted to get pregnant again. They had no idea what affects Fosamax would have on a pregnant woman or any long-term effects of taking that. So I just, it didn't feel right for me, but what did resonate with me was he said, start adding calcium to your diet, add vitamin D to your diet and start moving your body, walking, jogging, doing weight bearing exercise. And I liked that idea. Yeah. So I started incorporating a walking routine, which turned into a running routine and it just became a passion for me. I met so many men and women that were interested in running. I had a sister who was an avid runner. I always wanted to be like her. And so here I was doing it and it was very exciting for me. I love that. I also love how you turned a challenging thing in your life right into an opportunity right you could have just done the pharmaceutical right right but you chose differently and and then it opened up this whole new world to you which probably helped your resiliency as a young mom also i really think it did i think having the experience of getting outside every day and doing some consistent exercise really helped me I will admit that I was still very confused about nutrition and diet. And I, I, I did do much better with my second pregnancy. I also had the outcome was much better through the Mm -hmm. delivery and my recovery postpartum was so much better because I was choosing healthier foods. I was looking at things like calcium and vitamin D and I was exercising. So that I know Jill, I just feel like my pregnancies, did they talk to us about nutrition? Because no. I feel like it was just about no. making sure I didn't weigh in too heavy. Like that's exactly. And, and I did feel on my first pregnancy that I had permission to eat whatever. Finally. Right. Finally. <laughs> finally, we can eat. It was, it was like, I, and we'll get to where we are today, but like, thank you for sharing all this. Cause it makes me realize even as a nation, how far we have come. But we had no guidance. It was just like the image we were shooting for, but no healthy guidelines as to how to fuel our bodies and feed our bodies in a, in a healthy way. Exactly. Yeah. So when I did start wanting to take a look at nutrition was when my running became more of a passion for me that I wanted to 
sign up for some races, sign up for some challenges. And I wanted to see what I could do. And I had made so many friends, like I said, and had different running partners in the different places where we live. So I had this great connection of going out and doing these jogs with people. And a good friend of mine and I decided, let's really see what we can do with our running. Let's look at nutrition. Let's make this let's see how fast we can go and how good we can feel. And I started researching it and changing what I was eating. I was at that point still drinking and change from tab to diet Pepsi. I was drinking sugar-free creamer in my coffee. I was chewing gum so I wouldn't eat the mm-hmm. sugar-free gum. Yeah. And yeah. while I was making some healthy choices, I still had poor habits mm-hmm. and started incorporating some change, started feeling better, started running better. Everything was getting better. So I wanted to just talk to people about this yeah. all the time, how food was making me feel better. I started looking at athletes who were successful, like Rich Roll. And you and I have talked yeah. about Rich Roll on his podcast. I love Rich Roll on his podcast. It's so he, inspiring. Yeah. He is. He's yeah. amazing. And his yeah. journey to health and wellness, he also had a wake-up call. Yeah. And so I could really relate to his story. And I wanted to start talking to people about this all the time. And my other sister said to me, you should go to nutrition school. And I agreed. So that's how I wound up at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And this took a deep dive. I love the holistic approach of IIN. Mm -hmm. I feel like at that point I started learning it wasn't just the food and how that was nourishing our bodies, but all of our lifestyle choices. Mm -hmm. And just having that awareness was instrumental to me to make some improvements in my life. Mm -hmm. And so up comes another race and my friend and I decide we're going to take it to the next level. And this time we're going to give up alcohol Mm -hmm. and real. And I was like, alcohol, I'm not sure that I want to do that. I loved my red wine. Yeah. I love to have red wine in the evenings. It was my shut off time. And I truly believe that red wine was healthy because it had resveratrol in it. And yeah, I had also about heard, red wine is like antioxidants, right? Yes. Yeah. And then you hear that there it's good for your heart health. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, that is if you have one four or five ounce glass once or twice a week. Yes, that's okay for your heart, but not what Jill was doing. Mm -hmm. I was coming home in the evenings and feeling like it's me time now. I've done all my work all day. I've eaten all my healthy food. I've exercised. I've run and I'm ready to unwind with this glass of wine. Yeah. Another glass of wine. You and a million um, other people, right? Right. But for those listening, I'm sure most of you can relate to this. And I myself, too. I mean, I don't know that I drank it ever every night, but it'd be like, oh, it's that letdown time. It's the family comes together. You make a nourishing meal. You enjoy a glass of wine. You know, it's um, something we do, and it's so tied into our social beings. Yeah. It is. I honestly 
For me, my red wine was part of all of my celebrations. It was part of every weekend. Mm -hmm. I did come up with a rule at some point that I wasn't going to drink during the week because I wanted to be focused on my children, what they were doing, their sporting events, my work. I just wanted to do well during the week and set what I thought was a good example. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, this works. But for me, the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I definitely would have at least two, sometimes three, sometimes three and a half. And you have to remember, I was pouring pretty big glasses. So that was not making me feel my best. Yeah. And when we tried to give this up for running the race, yeah, I did it. I white knuckled it and I did it. And surprisingly... I not only felt better running, I felt better in the day to day. It was such a shift for me that I couldn't believe how my energy was restored. I was sleeping better. I was less stressed. I wasn't losing my day. And as I said, I didn't lose days, I would still always do, even if I had a slight hangover, I would still do whatever I had planned to do that day. Yeah. But it was, it was like I was plodding through the day on autopilot and I just wasn't living present in my life. So all of a sudden I'm having this awareness Mm -hmm. that my life could really be better without alcohol. Yet I felt very left out And so I started left out, meaning left out from my friends who were still drinking or going to a social event. I just felt like I'd be there and I'd want to join in all the fun. And I was just sipping on my water. Can we just pause there for a minute about that? Because I think I have two questions for you. Okay. One is even though you were just drinking on the weekends for a while, you still like when you talk about sleep and the quality of your life, did that carry over into your week on the days you weren't drinking? Absolutely. And what I discovered was I started researching about this and it takes seven to 10 days for alcohol to fully leave your system. It takes 24 to 72 hours for the actual alcohol ethanol to circulate out but your body has to recalibrate because in order to detoxify you have all these stimulants going on because alcohol is a depressant so your body gets out of balance in so many ways and for us to when our body is out of balance and we're fighting this it causes things like brain fog and inflammation. And so because I wasn't letting it go completely out of my system, I wasn't feeling great on a Monday. I wasn't feeling great on a Tuesday. Yes, I I thought I felt okay until I didn't have it in my system anymore. And then I realized (laughs) I could feel so much better. I just thought I was doing what every other woman was doing. I was tired all the time because I had kids and I was trying to work and be the best mom I could be. Yeah. Yeah. There was this thing holding me back. You just don't know until you start to feel better. I imagine people that have some 
artery disease and have a catheterization done. Like I, I just, I know people are like, it creeps up on you slowly and you, and you attribute it to all the lifestyle circumstances. I even have been recently like a little tired, a little headachy. And I kind of, I had my vaccination back in January and I thought, well, maybe ever, I feel like ever since, you know, <laughs> I've been a little tired and I've had a headache and then, you know, Michelle Obama throws out this low level depression and people at work are like, yeah, it's just COVID. We all feel that way. And, you know, until I realized I wasn't really, you know, on a, just a different vein, but I wasn't really drinking as much water. Right. And I was like, you know, I, I did a deeper dive on my power of plants and really, again, all those things that cause inflammation and fatigue around just little bits. I'm pretty clean in my diet, but sometimes we need to amp it up and you don't realize like, how much of a difference those things make. And I just, I guess I kind of think of it the same way. You don't know how crappy you feel till you start to feel better. Right. But, yeah. And even though I was starting to feel better, I still felt challenged by not having that wine because I thought that it relaxed me. I thought that it was a reward. So I didn't know how to deal with this because on the one hand, I was feeling really great. And on the other hand, I felt like, oh, I'm giving up this little gift that I enjoy. And it wasn't a gift. It was just something that was taking me down. But there's so, another social piece that I was going to mention, you know, I wanted to also accentuate that you mentioned is that that's hard when you choose not to drink. And I was just talking to a friend about this. She's like, all like all of our social circle, like I feel like I would disappoint so-and-so if I showed up her house and said, you know what, I'm not going to have a glass of wine tonight. I think that she would be like, what do you mean? That's what we do, you know? So it's, it's hard on very many levels um, to make that choice. And not because you're, you're, there's a lot of fallout. Like it's, um, I think you had mentioned like someone chooses to stop smoking and everybody's like, well, yeah, that's great. You should definitely stop smoking, right? You exactly. Said, and then you were like, oh, I'm gonna, I've been eating too much sugar. Well, yeah, okay, we'll try this. But if you say, I'm going to stop drinking, they're like, well, what? <laughs> you just have exactly. a glass of wine, it's fine. You know? For some reason, we have to justify not drinking alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, on the flip side, if somebody had come to my house on a Friday night and said they weren't drinking, I would have been... Why? Why are you not drinking? And I also was the way I was living. I would get up on a Monday morning and I couldn't wait until Thursday until that was going to be the end of my week. And I could have the glass of wine. And it just really bothered me. And then in my research, because I was trying to discover why is this bothering me so much? Why? Why is this such an issue? Mm -hmm. And I came across two people that really influenced me. One was Bex Weller, who attended IIN, and she is the founder of Sexy Sobriety. Well, I liked that name to begin yeah. with because that sounded like something fun to me. And, you know, I did have this idea that drinking made us glamorous and sexy, and that's what all of that was about. So I wanted to see what she had to say. She had written a book called A Happier Hour. And the fact that she was a health coach, what she found and what got her on the path was that she was 
working with a client and the client said to her, you know, I wonder if I'm drinking too much. And she said, oh, well, you're eating healthy. Probably not. No, uh, you're probably not. Because she didn't want to look at what was happening with her. And she realized I'm not giving my client the opportunity to be curious about this and see whether or not she is drinking too much. So that had her look at herself, which led her to write her book. That book inspired me. And on a deeper dive, I found another nutritionist, also health coach, not through IAN. Her name is Jolene Park, and she is she studies gray area drinking. And that's what really resonated with me because I didn't consider myself an alcoholic. I wasn't sure, but I didn't know what to do with all this. And when she started talking about a spectrum and it's, you don't have to be a full blown addicted alcoholic and you don't have to be teetotaler. You might be somewhere in the middle. And I was definitely in the middle, definitely drinking more than I wanted, felt like it wasn't serving me, but I didn't think that I needed to go to AA. I was scared to look at it. I didn't want to have to identify myself as someone with a drinking problem, yet it was becoming a challenge. And the discomfort that I felt having to let this habit go was a wake up call to me. So upon further research and looking at Facebook one day, I came across this woman named Sober Sis and found her program. And even though I told you I had done many extended periods at this point of not drinking, feeling better, but I felt like I was white knuckling it and not really enjoying being alcohol free. So she had a 21 day reset challenge. I decided to go for this Mm. and I discovered so much joy on the other side Mm. of giving up alcohol. I found this whole other element of ways to live, making new habits, discovering why, why was I drinking in the first place? What did that mean to me and how I could let it go in a positive way and feel happy on the other side? So that was a life-changing event for me. I met this wonderful community of like-minded women who were also thinking, do I have a drinking problem? And no one wants the answer to be yes. <laughs> well, no, but I think if you're asking the question, you have to, you have to wonder for sure. I don't have, people that don't have a drinking problem. Ask if they have a drinking problem. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I have, I'm curious here. I don't know if this is a place to ask this, but a lot of my interviews with people that are in recovery from addiction, um, that they've identified, um, they are usually numbing something. And so did you find your relationship with drinking more of a, just a social stigma or 
like you said, it was like a relationship with glamour or being sexy or just this image of yourself and the people that you spent time with. Or, or did, was, I mean, I, I, I'm just curious because I, I mean, I've talked to people that are, you know, very um, intense addictions versus what you're talking about. And I just am curious um, in your work personally, or even with this group of people that are just like bringing this awareness and this curiosity basically to their drinking. They're not saying they're not going to, I always think of AA as like going into a church basement and saying, um, my name's Mary and I'm an alcoholic. And you know, and that right. doesn't feel very sexy, but it is very effective for a lot of people. So I'm just, I'm just curious, and I'd like to hear more about the details of how this program works, but did you find that it was a diff different reasons that people? Oh, it's all over. And it's, and it's so neat to discuss this with women in the group and for myself, as far as the numbing, Yes, I think it would depend on the given situation. I might want to numb out at the end of a stressful day. I might want to just come home and just relax and not think about the stresses of the day and just basically numb myself for a little while. Yeah. Uh, just have some quiet. I can relate to that. I mean, I think there's been a couple times where I've thought, oh, I'm going to you know, I've just like started dinner, but there's still a little chaos, but it's settling down. And I, and I realized I'm associating having this glass of wine while I cook dinner with creating ease. So I, I'm just, I'm sharing this in that we're not necessarily numbing ourselves from trauma, right? Right. right. <laughs> from the busyness right. of life or the stress yeah. of everyday life. And then there can it, be a tipping point to that, obviously. Yeah. Exactly. And I think I was on the fine line of, where I was with that. But what I found was that not only was I numbing the difficult emotions or just the emotions of the day that I didn't necessarily want to feel when you numb everything without, when you numb with alcohol, you numb the good and the bad. Uh, yeah. So you don't feel the joys to the degree that you would if you weren't drinking alcohol. Alcohol numbs all of our senses. And I found this in the running because when I would get up to do my runs, I would just slog through them, do it as a checkoff. Yeah. As part of my training, I have to do the running. I enjoyed the running to some degree, but when I let alcohol go out of my system, it is like this awareness opened up within me of everything around me. Like my senses were on overdrive almost. Wow. I mean, literally things looked brighter outside. I could smell every honeysuckles going by, just things that I wouldn't even notice before. And hearing the birds chirp as I'm running, where I wouldn't have ever even thought about that before and it just amazed me what was happening internally yeah. that I have just been gradually numbing alcohol also numbs our taste buds we don't know this because we've been doing it for so long that we don't realize that our taste buds have been affected by long-term drinking wow. and even if you're drinking what you feel like is a moderation you're still doing some of the damage and it it can be damaging, especially 
if you're not sticking to that five ounce glass a couple of times a week. Mm. And that was enlightening for me. I think for me and probably a lot of people listening, it's um, because you think of it as like leading to chronic disease, to, you know, liver failure, to all, you know, all of our comorbidities. But really what you're saying, it's almost like um, you're missing the cherry on the top of your Sunday because you're just not intimately interfacing with life. You begin to see all those little miracles, which I feel like mindfulness did for me when I, because my life was a checkoff list of things to do to please the world that was viewing my life um, instead of me doing my life and choosing to be there. And then you begin to notice everything, all those little intricate details um, that really, I mean, in the end, that's really where joy comes from. It's not some big aha. It's all those little things that are in our life every day. It is. It's, it's just the small miracles that are happening right in front of you. And you had mentioned about learning more about the Sabersis program. Yeah. It's things like that, being more mindful, having a gratitude practice, identifying your why, why do you want to be curious about alcohol? What would your life be like if you let it go? Why do you need alcohol when you go to a wedding to celebrate? Why do you need alcohol when you're grieving? What is it actually doing for us? How can we sleep better? How can we change that wine o'clock habit Mm. to something else that will satisfy us. See, now when five o'clock rolls around, I get a little bowl of grapes, I get a handful of nuts, and I pour myself a sparkling water with a lime in a wine glass. And so I'm still unwinding. I'm having a healthy snack. I'm putting something nutritious into my body. And then I feel good. I'm proud of myself for making this healthy Mm -hmm. choice. I sleep so much better because I don't have all the different chemical reactions happening within my body to take care of this toxin and try to flush it out. My digestive system is working better because I don't have to fight against taking that alcohol first. So in turn, I sleep better. I don't wake up with the pounding heartbeat in the middle of the night. I don't wake up with the headache or the dry mouth. I mean, you would think like our body is always just giving us messages. And I only say this because I totally understand. Like, I don't know how many times I had that four ounces of of wine because I don't drink a lot when I do drink. But I still would go to, I'd still get the racing heart a couple hours later at bedtime and a little bit of a hot flash. But then I'd be like, why am I, why am I doing this? You know? And I have to tell you, I went out to dinner last night and you had mentioned my, your little, you know, mocktail that you do with your seltzer. And I, you know, I really am not, I chose not to drink anymore also just because it didn't serve me in any way. And I wasn't, you know, enjoying it that much and not not at all socially because we haven't even been social, but sometimes if I go out for um, a, glass, a dinner, I might get a glass of wine, but I was like, I'm, you know, I'm going to do what Jill did. And I got like a seltzer with a little bit of cranberry juice and a little lime. And, yeah. you know, and I think it's part of it is just making the decision to do something different. And I, I think it applies to this, but I think it applies to anything. Like you, what you learned in Sober Assist is about any craving really, or things that you exactly. go down the hole with, um, 
late night snacking, you know, that would probably, exactly. yeah, it really, everything that I was learning in Sobersess, I was also had just experienced learning all of that in IIN. Yeah, absolutely. So I was able to really bring the two together yeah. because working with people that have issues with, like you said, sugar cravings, deconstructing that, helping people with weight management. Oftentimes clients will say, is part of the reason that I can't get these extra pounds off because maybe I'm drinking too much alcohol. And it does. It's, it's, there's so many common threads yeah. with both of it's, it's letting go of any habit that is not serving us and it's causing us stress. It's causing us anxiety and we're not living our best lives. Yeah. So what I found through Sobersys was these different tools that I also was already incorporating with my health coaching program. And one of the things that I have learned to recognize as being part of truly healthy is having supportive relationships having people that surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you. And Sobersys really did that. It allowed me to meet another group of women online, especially during a time when the world was shutting down. I all of a sudden had all of these new friends who were also trying to figure this out. And it is a journey. And the great thing about Sobersys is there is no judgment, no rules. You don't have to quit forever. You don't have to sign up for the 21 day reset and say, this is going to be forever. You can just be curious about that. And there are other programs out there now where you can be curious, find out whether or not it's working for you. It's also like finding out, is yoga going to be good for me or am I a runner? Yeah. Do I want to walk or do I want to do Pilates? Mm -hmm. There's just different, do I want to be do I want to have whole foods such as clean meat, clean dairy, or do I want to be completely plant-based? We're all different. And it's just finding what works for us and what makes us feel our best. And the community in Sobersys and having those connections, it's so fun to bounce ideas off of each other mm -hmm. and help each other along the path. And I find the same thing with health coaching, having someone in your life that can help you be accountable, help you navigate when you have obstacles along the way and help you develop tools and strategies that are going to make you feel better. Yeah. I think that um, you're, you're, you're spot on and thanks for sharing all of that. Did you, um, and it's great to have the support within sober sis and it's true. We haven't been as social as we have in the past, um, but it is opening up. So have you been in social situations since you made this decision? It's been like seven or eight months, right? No, it's like 500 days next week. It's oh, been okay. over a year. Yeah, I gave the last drink I had was January 2nd of 2020. Okay. So, so yeah, but all through COVID. I mean, and so have you been able to navigate those situations socially? Yes. Yeah. And I had done so prior to so prior to me joining Sobersys of January 2020 and doing the reset, 
that two years prior was when I was working with my friend who my running partner, and we were really trying to give up alcohol and change our diets and do all that. So I had had long stretches, four and five month stretches during those two years. So I barely drank 2018, 2019. But every time I did, I felt like I crossed the line to enough where I didn't feel great the next day. And I essentially would lose a day doing everything I was supposed to do, but not feeling great. And it was just get through the day so I could go to bed tonight or have a glass of wine before I go to bed tonight. And it just was that vicious cycle yet again. Yeah. But in this year, no, initially I, so in that year I would go out with friends, white knuckle it, sit there. Okay. I can do this. I'm not going to drink because I said I wasn't going to drink. I'm just going to get through it. I'll be fine. And I would, and the moment would pass yet. I felt like I was missing out. Now, when I go out and I have started to have the opportunities with going with friends, I actually did go in 2020 with a small group of friends to the lake on a girl's weekend. I was the only one that didn't drink, but I had the tools. I pre-planned. I knew what I was going to bring that was going to bring fulfillment to me, make me happy. I just enjoyed the experience of being there versus feeling like I was left out from the group. I enjoyed my friends. I felt like I was fully present with them. And it got to the point where it, it's okay. That's their journey. If they are comfortable with drinking, I am, I am in no way judging or trying to change. I want them to enjoy that. And I want them to be, to be able to be around them. I have an event coming up in two weeks where I've already offered to be the designated driver because I know I'm not going to. And I know that I'm going to get a refreshing drink. I know I'm going to enjoy my friends and I know I'm going to sleep well that night. So I play the movie forward. I think to myself, I plan my night for how I want to feel the next yeah, day. I love that. And that's something that I learned in Sobersis. And I also learned that as a health coach. I do the same thing because if I have a sugar craving, I think about if I'm going to go and eat 10 cookies, I am not going to feel good the next day. I'm going to feel like I have a hangover from cookies. I I love that so much because it does tie over into like even uh, an athletic event, right? Absolutely. You envision your outcome, you train for it, and then you just show up because you've already decided how it's going to go. And um, I love that. It's so transferable to so many parts of our life. But if we get swept up into the momentum, whether because it's about mindset, it's about yeah. mindset and our power of choice. You have Absolutely. to have the awareness and the curiosity to become, you know, to make some choices about your lifestyle and the things you do. But um, and then, yeah, I love that you just set yourself up for success. And you tell yourself it's going to be great because you're going to make it great for you. And, and we do have to honor each other. Like no matter how much we learn about nutrition and our own personal journey of health, everyone has their journey. And we learn that about bio-individuality. We all have what works for us. Like I'm, I know that plant-based works for me, but it doesn't mean that that works for, you know, anybody else, you know, and we all have our reasons for going down the paths we go down, but I just encourage people to find what feels good, (laughs) do more of it, 
you know, and that we don't have to, um, you know, if, if we, we don't have to do things to be socially accepted, it's okay. I think we, we sort of sensationalize things in our head a little bit, but it does change. It does change things. And sometimes you do have to make different choices, but the beauty is you put yourself first and we can't, we do have to put our oxygen masks on first before we can help others. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And then I, I would say, um, Jill, also, as we sort of wrap this up a little bit is that you've taken all of this and you continue to share. And I, I know you have a coaching business and tell us a like, and we usually, as we go through life and we begin to develop these types of services, uh, we begin to understand who it is we work with and why, you know, our clients. And um, so tell me like who, tell, you know, tell everyone that's listening a little bit about the work you're doing as a health coach and um, the services you provide. I love health coaching. It has <laughs> just been so much fun for me. Yeah. And I like meeting people right where they are, whether they feel stuck like I did and feel confused about dieting, nutrition, exercise, where they feel like I'm living okay. I have a good life, I have, but I just feel like it could be better. And what is missing? Mm -hmm. And so I help people deconstruct food cravings use those tools that we've just talked about, incorporate what is going to make them feel their best, find their routines, their passions, and help them take that on so that they can move forward on their own and feel better and live better and also have those aha moments like I do that Yes, we can elevate how we feel. So it may be somebody who's very confused like I was on the start. I also have some clients that are already pretty health minded. Yeah. People who have know some about nutrition, but they want to take it to the next level, say like I did with my running. But they also find themselves as very stressed out at work, very tired at the end of the day rushed sometimes to get through all the daily tasks. So I help them do things like deep breathing to reduce their stress, help them batch cook on a Sunday so that they don't have to worry about grabbing the fast food during the week because they've run out of time. And even though they know that's probably not the best choice, that's their only choice in the moment because they're hungry or helping them stay on a regimen that works for them, helping them to nurture their relationships. Many of the people that I work with find that they are overworked. And so they let go of doing things with their friends. They don't do self-care and self-care doesn't mean going to the spa all day long. Mm -hmm. Self-care might be taking a nice hot bath or a walk at the end of the day mm -hmm. and knowing that that's okay to do. Just like you said, put your oxygen mask on first and then you can help others. Also just discovering their passion. Like for me, being able to give back a little bit through the Sobersys program and walk alongside now some of the new reset groups 
And it's something that I love and it's worth putting that time in because I see that others are changing their relationship with alcohol and that makes, helps me to stay accountable and helps me feel good. And I help other people find what their passion is and help them to have the capacity to move forward and try something new and get out there and do something other than the day to day. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to come home. I'm going to take care of my family and I'm going to go to bed and then I'm going to start all over tomorrow. I want to help people live with intention. That's what has happened for me. I get as much joy now doing a load of laundry, washing the dishes, I can sit there with a happy look on my face because I truly feel happy even doing the mundane day to day because I feel so good. My husband, when he changed to eating more whole foods, plant-based, he said, you know, my insides just, I feel good. Like my insides feel good. Nice. And Wow. You know, you can get better than that. No, I mean, I don't think people realize the power of our food. And um, even if like they say, if you stop smoking, I forget exactly how it goes. But after a certain number of years, you can really repair your lungs. And food can do that. Plants can do that with our at a cellular level. You know, if you look at inflammation markers and you go to a plant based diet for two weeks, you will shift them. And we, the yeah. reason it's good to have more alkaline, less inflammation. Inflammation is what leads to all of the cancers and to other um, autoimmune disorders. And so I just think uh, I like to just emphasize that part and all those things we can take away, like, um, you know, it honestly, dairy, alcohol, all those things that, and, and meat. I just say, like, know where your food's coming from, right? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I help clients read labels. So for instance, with my programs, I can do a jumpstart program where it's like a month long program, give them the overview, give them some basic tools, but give them the overview just, okay, this is what protein does for us. Where can I get a good protein? What is a good carbohydrate? Give them that basic information, help them to read labels and then if they want to take a deeper dive, almost like I did with Sober Sis when I went on to their next program, which was the Alcohol-Free Lifestyle Program, I went a step further to use those tools, find more tools, help others, and you do the same thing. So with a three-month program, you can start incorporating those strategies, see how you feel. If it's not working for you, make an adjustment and keep going and add more tools. Because first, it's just like when I gave up the creamer, the diet Pepsi, it didn't happen overnight. It was a little bit at a time and building upon building, I started feeling better and better. And then I also offer a six month program because our life circumstances change all the time and being able to have the knowledge okay what was working for me three months ago it worked some but i feel like i can do better or make a change it may not be working for me now and this is how i can shift and then my clients can go on and do this on their own and know how to 
make adjustments when needed, but they know how to fuel themselves. They, they have the information to get yeah, that knowledge that I think I love how you just even start with looking at proteins and what they do and what they are and carbohydrates. Cause I, as you said, just when you transitioned, you like it, we were just so confused about food and that's what our media does and our corporations. <laughs> and, you know, we get confused about food and it's um, for good reason. We don't know because we're being fed a lot of information, a lot of misinformation. So the best thing we can do is educate ourselves and then listen to our body. And I, and yes. I love the six, I love that you offer one, three and six, because some people just need that little bit. Some people really to sustain, sustain meaningful change. They need that longer period. And health coaching is just, it's where we at, where we are at, I think, um, from a health overall healthcare experience or situation, a population health, preventative health. To me, health coaches are the answer to our sort of real big problem in healthcare, because you can't just say to somebody, you have diabetes, you need to eat different. Well, if people could do that, they would have done it by then. It's exactly. like, it's not just what's on your plate, it's what's off your plate too. And um, so health coaching to me, if anyone is dealing with pre-diabetic situation, or just even if you're full blown into anything, even if you have an advanced stage disease, coming to a health coach, you know, really can change the trajectory of your life if you're committed. Like, again, you're there, you provide support and information and strategy, but we got to do the work. Exactly. Why? And you got to really want it. Exactly. Yeah. That health coaches will help you get on back. You know, that's your buddy to stay with, especially if you're in a household where you're, everyone else is, a lifestyle that's not aligning with the lifestyle that you want to make. And that's really hard too, but it's doable. And then you can be like that role model. The good thing is we can influence each other, right? We can pick Absolutely. up. And go to <laughs> Absolutely. And honestly, it happens that way. So often it happened in my own home. When I started making these changes, my husband followed suit. Both my sons eat very healthy now they exercise my husband is exercising more my husband was diabetic he had and but he he couldn't get his head around making these changes and then he saw me doing it and oh he comes up with recipes all the time with things he wants me to check out and you know and, and now he's actually wanting to cook together i was always the one that did all the cooking and now he even wants to participate which is so exciting. And I find that with my clients too, is that sometimes you go through and you get the basic information. And this actually happened with me with SoberSys. So I did the 21 day reset and I was so excited that I wanted more. I wanted to know more. I wanted to keep going. So I did the next course. And now, like I said, I volunteer because that keeps me going and I can continue to get better and better because it's all a journey. It's there's never a finish line with health. Things are changing all the time, but that's what it's so exciting. And what I want to express is how much fun it can be. Choosing to be healthy does not mean deprivation. It doesn't mean that we have to just, Oh, this is just going to be so hard. And how am I going to do this? And I just, I'm, Oh, I can't, you know, instead it can be fun and joyful and 
you can meet so many new people and it just, I love it. <laughs> that's great, Jill. I think that's a, a great way to wrap things up. And I'm sure, um, I don't know, you always seem like you're in a good high energy mood to me. I've never gotten on with you and had you not be there. So you're such a good example of that. I'm sure anyone that knows you would want to be like, I don't know what she's doing, but I want some more of it. So, <laughs> leading well, by example. I feel good and I feel happy and I feel so much gratitude and a lot of it has to do with all the health changes. Yeah. For sure. And then you're shining it out into the world and helping others. So thank you so much for everything you do. And thanks for being here today to talk about your journey. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for all of the work that you do. And I just know that you are a light in this world. And as you know, my world is my word for the year is light and you just shine on and I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Jill. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Take care. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Oh, Jill, before we go, can you just share um, a little more about Sober Assist? If people were interested in engaging in that program, what are the opportunities to do that or how we'll have in the show notes, a link to that, but uh, maybe you can let them know about the offerings. Absolutely. So what I did when I discovered Sobersis on Facebook, I just went to her website, uh, which is Sobersis.com and signed up for the 21 day reset. And in that reset, you get a series of 21 emails and it's great because it it goes over all that we've talked about, tools, strategies, uh, what's really happening within your body, the science, everything probably that you'd want to know. You get an overview during that 21 days. Within that, you get connected to a Marco Polo group, which is an app where you are able to have conversations with other women. They put you in a small group. There are thousands of women probably signing up the same week that you would be signing up, yet you'll be connected to a small group of women. You will discuss the emails together. It's a super opportunity to share and know that you're not alone. And you can also just go to SoberSys.com and sign up for her free guide for the wine o'clock time and how to navigate that. So you can either sign up for the reset or you can get this free guide, which gives you some basic information if you just want a small step to get started. And then you can also look on her website for other programs if you wanted to continue down that journey. But I just highly recommend go check it out. Give yourself the gift of 21 days to be sober curious. That's what I did. And it elevated my level of feeling healthy to the next degree. Awesome. Thanks, Jill. And again, we'll put that link below for all of you. And um, yeah. And if you want to know anything about the science, check out Annie Grace and her book, This Naked Mind, or Dr. Professor David Nutt and his book, Drink. If you want to get that scientific information, that also helped me want to really make a lifestyle change when I discovered how alcohol was truly affecting what was happening in my body physiologically. Yeah, I do think that's a powerful thing. So however you find your way there, if you're curious about that piece, then it's probably for a reason. <laughs> so check it out. 
And um, thanks for being with us today. And thank you, Jill. And everybody, just have the best day you can. Take care. Have the best day. Thanks. you guys I hope you enjoyed that I love Jill she has just become a super soul sister in my life really grateful for her connection and so glad and grateful to share her with all of you so again look for a follow-up to this with Jen Couch from Sober Sis on Thursday that too is a really interesting conversation with a really wonderful lady doing some really wonderful work in the world that just connects us as human beings as to this journey and things that, you know, we just want to live the best version of our lives. So why not just be a little curious about the areas that might feel a little discomfort around them, you know, and she just does it in such a gentle way that is um, really powerful. I think the work she's doing is an incredible, powerful movement in the world for women. So check that out. Also, just, um, you know, follow us on Instagram or Facebook. If you liked this episode or any other episodes, please share them with your friends. It helps to grow the podcast and, you know, share some information that might be helpful to someone else. If you'd like to rate us, that would be awesome and leave a comment. I'd love to hear what's um you know, what you're enjoying and what you might want to hear more of. So please DM me if you know someone or if you're someone that would like to be on the podcast. Go to our website, Zen Mom in the Addict, and there's an opportunity to connect um, with me there also. All right, have the best day. I hope the sun's shining either inside or out and that you find something to celebrate. And, you know, don't forget to get your greens on right? It's powerful soul food. (laughs) Love you guys. Take care.